Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang. On this podcast, I'll be introducing you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to inspire you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, we are live for a very special episode, episode number 50 of Welcome to the Winner Circle. And on today's episode, I interview a very special guest, an alignment coach, a Hungry for Happiness certified life coach graduate, a NASA certified personal trainer specializing in corrective exercise, a former mechanical engineer, and my original co-host for the first 20 episodes of Welcome to the Winner Circle. Welcome to the Winner Circle, Ty Ha Sloan. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It's really nice to be back. It's so awesome seeing all that you've produced um, in the past several months. And I'm just really happy to be here. Right on. You as well. And I'm excited to catch up on this um, for everyone listening. And since we've done this podcast together, I've changed the questions a little bit. And I start with this question here. There's a lot of chaos and negativity still going on in the world. And it's always there to be seen. So I like to attune this podcast, this recording with a really positive question that I like to ask the guests. And this question comes to you. What do you love about your world right now, Taiha Sloan? I love that people are realizing that they are in control slowly but surely. Um, I think over the past several generations that, you know, that uh, awareness and consciousness in this um, experience has really elevated itself. You know, we're, we're waking up to to what is really going on here and how we can really use this experience to have a great time and not just survive and suffer and all of that stuff that a lot of the people, you know, that has have come before this time period thought that's just the way that it goes. And not to say that, you know, that's not still happening, but I think especially considering all of the challenges that have happened in the past several months um, and years, it's allowing us to wake up to our true power, which is, you know, our creative power, you know, how we think and how we act and how we feel is what creates our experience. And since we are conscious, we can be aware of what we're doing and thinking and feeling, um, we get to create what we want. And I think it's really awesome that though there is a lot of negativity going around, um, we are slowly waking up, which is awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you and I, we connected um, through the course, Go For Your Win. And a central theme of that course is knowing your mission. Our mission acts as our guiding star to all that we do, whether that be our professional lives, our personal lives, and everywhere in between. And our mission, just like us, can be ever-changing, but it's a great idea if you haven't thought of your mission to think of that because that serves as our, like I mentioned, our North Star. 
So right here, right now, what is your current mission on this reality plane, Tyler? You're really right about how much it can shift and evolve. But I think one part that hasn't really shifted for me in the past couple years is I know that I am here to help people. And I know that I'm here to help people feel better and, and ideally fall in love with themselves in their lives. Because I truly believe that when you find that love for yourself and um, you know, really focus on cultivating that relationship with yourself because you are the only person that you will have forever, um, you will be able to live a life that is, that is at, vibrating at that same level of love, which will then affect everybody around you. It will affect your relationships. It will affect your career. It will affect your finances, your um, everything, your environment. So I would say as much as, you know, different parts of the mission have changed, what it has been for a while is that I want to help people fall in love with themselves and therefore their lives. Mm -hmm. So the course, go for your win. My big takeaway from that course was it's all about the process rather than the destination. We live in a very destination oriented society. When I get this job, when I get this much amount of money, when I get this house, this relationship, this, et cetera, I'll be happy. And so often people get there and then it's a now what, because we're missing the dance. We're missing the sweet song of the process, the journey. And when we pursue our win, when we go towards that win, many doors open up that may have never been there. So that's what going for your win means to me. And today going for my win means keeping my body active with jujitsu, kickboxing, um, yoga, attending to my mind, my spirituality, my emotions, surrounding myself with positive people. Um, I've started a new program that I talked to you about, a new national program where I'm the education awareness coordinator for a new cannabis awareness program where I speak to youth across Canada. Um, what does going for your win mean to you, Taiha? And what does your win look like for you in your life today? Um, I would say that going for my win is not actually a doing, it's a being. And what I mean by that is, I think for a lot of my life, I had to do things to be, to feel good. I had to produce results to feel good. And throughout the past year, I've recognized that in myself and how much that was, an, again, something external that was helping me um, feel good, me feel worthy, me feel loved. So going for my win literally to me looks like being exactly where I am and, mm. and feeling what I'm feeling, whether that be amazing, whether that be sad, whether that, that be angry and being able to just allow myself to be in every single moment and knowing that whether I, you know, 
go for a run for four miles or I lay on the couch all day, I am, you know, I'm winning equally the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whether I am super happy or I'm super sad, I'm winning the same. It's just completely allowing myself because for a really long time, I didn't allow certain feelings in my body because I didn't feel safe in feeling them you know, because I was like, I, I realized that I um, had this winning formula of being the happy person. And I really thought my whole life that I really was just a happy person. But what I was actually doing was invalidating and not letting myself feel any sadness. And that caused that energy that those emotions to get stuck in my body. And that can cause pain um, whether that be emotional or physical pain. So what I'm working on is just allowing myself in every single moment, um, to be and loving myself in, in all of it. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Um, that's similar to what I'm focusing on. And I feel that like, just like we live in a very destiny or destination oriented society, we live in a very becoming society. So people are more focusing on the becoming rather than the being. And I am very fortunate to be in Eckhart Tolle's School of Awakening right now. I received a scholarship to that program. And in this first opening speech, he said something that like was really like an aha moment for me. And he talked about this reality, this infinite now, being a coming together of being and becoming as one. And that's something I'm really focusing on myself. And um, it's, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And so some of my learnings are coming lately have been coming from Eckhart Tolle and also from myself by listening and being quiet. A lot of your learnings, Taiha, have come from your Hungry for Happiness certified life coaching program, which was a really extensive training that you were in all last year. Can you tell me a little bit more about that course, how that helped you evolve as a person and how you're taking the skills you learned from Samantha's course, Samantha Skelly's course, and bringing it to your people, your clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a little bit of what I was touching on earlier, I, it, I was unaware. I had done the landmark courses before, which were really beneficial as well, but I realized that was a lot of like the mental work and the embodiment part wasn't there, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, so the course really helped me learn how to understand myself and why I have, you know, used certain destructive behavior patterns to fill some type of void within me, um, how to connect with those parts of me that are actually, you know, acting through me now because those ways of being that didn't feel good but I still couldn't stop doing those were not actually me they were a result of my inner child which is you know this part of me that experienced trauma that didn't have its needs met and um, therefore started reaching in order to get those needs met through certain behaviors so learning how to nurture and reparent that part of me. And when I say that part of me, I mean, 
every part of me because even one second ago, that's another inner child. We are so multifaceted and, you know, we're not just one being, we're, we're a bunch of these different parts all working together. Um, so helping me understand that and how to have compassion for all those parts of me because they're just trying to survive. And um, I, I could go on forever. We did a lot of meditating. I learned a lot of tools, but to be honest, it was, it like as much as I learned in the program, I learned a lot of tools, but I don't necessarily use all, all of the tools that I was given. It was more of like sparking ideas in myself, right? Because I think in my work that I'm doing with people now and in Sam's work, like we're all just trying to help people remember the truth of who they are. We're not teaching people anything new. We're just sharing things that will spark um, truths within them. So if you think about, uh, I'm gonna go there right now, but if you think about the Big Bang and like us um, evolving from that moment, like the Big Bang happened then the universe expanded, then earth was created, then blah, 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 blah. And now we're here. So we literally have the universe in our bodies. Like we have all of the wisdom in our bodies. We have tiny universes working together all around our bodies. So we have all the answers and it is helpful to have a guide to help you see what you can't see because you know we live with blinders on until we have something that can help us expand, whether that be in our an experience, a, a difficult experience, um, uh, a guide, whatever that is, we are just being guided to show who we really are. So that's really what the course did for me was help me get back to the root of who I am um, and learn how to release all those ways of being that I created to fit into a mold, to survive, um, and, and yeah, just like peeling off those layers so that I can remember who, who I am. And it was so amazing. And it was 10 months long, which was necessary to have this much of a transformation through it, but it's a continuous thing. Like it, this will be happening for the rest of my life, which is really awesome. And going back to the thing that you're saying about you know, not being focused on the destination, there is no destination that like, I will literally be doing this for the rest of my life. So getting comfortable with being in this discomfort in this space of like, I don't really know what I'm doing and that's okay, is so powerful. And I'm just really excited to be on this journey, especially at my age, I'm 25 and I have my whole, whole life to go. Mm -hmm. So you've been focusing a lot on one-on-one -on -co -one -on -one coaching as of late, um, sharing a lot of the learnings you've experienced um, from that course and all your time before that. Can you talk about some success stories about how you shared some things that you've learned in that course and help awakening that understanding and awareness in some of your clients? Yeah, so I've been coaching for three months now. So I'm. it's not like 
they've had crazy, not crazy, really amazing um, transformations in only one to three months, which is the amount mm-hmm. of time I've been working with all five of them. And it's, it blows my mind because really what happens is I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is sharing what's worked for me and reminding them that I'm on this journey too. It's a co-nourishing relationship coaching. Um, So I'm learning probably more from them than they are learning from me. And I'm just, you know, helping them see their blind spots, offering that. And the coolest part is the, the transformation for them already happens the moment they sign up before we even have a session because they're showing themselves that they are committed to getting from where they are to where they want to be. And that commitment, that investment, that's why, you know, investing money in, in a transformation process is a crucial part. If you bought a course for $0, would you actually follow through with it? It's very unlikely because it's not easy to get to where you want to be or else you'd be doing it already. So that investment, when they agree to them to, to do this thing, when they show themselves in the universe that they're ready for this journey, it already starts. And that's why you can see such quick transformation because it really is just a choice. In every single now moment, as you talked about, we are always, there's only the now, right? If, if we were, if, when there's five minutes ago, but when we were five minutes ago, that was the now. And then in five minutes from now, that will be the now. So it's, that's all that we have. So all that this is, is a choice in every now moment to, you know, stay the same or take action and practice what needs to be done to get to where you want to be. So that investment, that initial investment is such a huge catapult to to their transformation already. And then obviously, you know, we, we meet weekly and um, they, they, I assign lessons and stuff like that, but really we're just getting to know each other and I'm just sharing what I've experienced and helping them see how maybe, you know, some of the tools I've used can, can help them. But I mean, some of the people are setting boundaries that they, you know, they haven't been able to set before. They've told people no when, you know, that, that didn't, that wasn't, that didn't feel possible before. They've ended relationships where what, they weren't in alignment anymore, but they were still holding on because of the void it was filling. Um, they're learning how to be with their pain, their anxiety, their physical pain and learn from it. Because all that we experience is just for our involvement and it's the resisting, it's the fighting that causes the suffering. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, really awesome. And I just, I'm so excited to do this with as many people as I can um, and yeah, it's, it's so fueling to my soul to witness these people taking back control of their lives because I think the biggest thing is that 
we feel like we're a victim of our lives when in reality we are the creator and being the creator you have to take responsibility for everything that you have experienced which is really hard for people to do because it's easier to blame others the universe the society whatever um, for your experience but that's just taking your power away so yeah um they're learning how to take responsibility and get everything back in alignment with with who they want to be who they are um and it's it's so beautiful mm -hmm. so as you get started um gathering new clients um, and people to work with how are you finding them and why what differentiates you from the many other coaches out there i find most of them on instagram or facebook um and usually they're finding me <clears throat> um i think just through what i'm posting what i'm sharing i'm just sharing the lessons that i'm learning um in the simplest way I can, because I think it's easy to complicate it, which is not beneficial or helpful. And um, through doing that, they, you know, they resonate with me and reach out and we schedule a discovery call. Um, and it's been really cool. What was the second part of your question? <laughs> Um, what differentiates you from other coaches? Like there's many other coaches out there. So why, like, what do you have to offer that um, encourages clients to choose you? Why should a client choose you and reach out to you? Yeah. Um, well, I think a huge piece is the embodiment work that I do. Um, and this is something that I've really implemented within my own self. And I believe people can feel that which is learning how to feel everything in my body, no matter how uncomfortable it is, because it's all information for me. So, um, you know, sharing, I share a lot about what I'm doing for myself and sharing how I'm sitting in uncomfortable emotions. I'm sitting in uncomfortable pain and, and allowing it and leaning into it so that I can learn from it because it's all just trapped energy in my body that is taking up space um, that's not beneficial for me. So doing that and then at the same time, I, I, I've kind of been doing my best to learn how to tie in everything that I have learned in my life. And I spent a lot of time in the fitness industry and my whole life was really um, based on being active and fit. And I learned a lot. I learned about the body. I learned about corrective exercise and good posture, good alignment in your body and how certain positions of your body can create negative emotions, um, which is really cool. I have an expert level, like understanding of how to hold, like how to hold your body um, and how to strengthen muscular imbalances and all of that. And I've been learning a lot about how emotions, I believe emotions actually create everything physical. So even if I'm experiencing like real chronic back pain, which I have been for, you know, that's how I got into this. Um, 
I've been really diving into the emotional parts of that and how the emotions create and manifest physical pain when they're not processed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about how you keep yourself aligned mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, start which, whichever one you wish, but let's work through all four of those sectors and how you personally keep yourself aligned in each one and, and in balance. So for the mental aspect, um, I'm constantly working to be the witness of my thoughts. I, as most people do, I'm human and I get lost in my thoughts, um, but I have recently really, really um, improved my ability to be the witness and watch myself when I have negative thoughts, watch myself the whole time. But when I have negative thoughts, I kind of work to understand, okay, why do I have those thoughts? What has caused me to start having these thought patterns? Have compassion for those thought patterns because they were created for a reason. We do, all humans do everything for a reason. So having compassion for that is the key part because if you judge it, it will not help. Um, and then just choosing to remember like, my thoughts manifest everything around me. So um, choosing to like realize, okay, I know why this happened, but it's just an automatic program. What do I actually want to create? Let me start thinking and feeling that. Um, so that's kind of what I do for my thoughts, my mind. Um, I meditate a lot every day. Um, and yeah, I guess that's all for mental. Mm -hmm. Physical, I have really, really shifted um, this part of me because I was the fit girl my entire life. And I recently realized how much I held on to that identity for my safety and to feel good and to feel worthy and loved. Um, I've dealt with eating disorders and body dysmorphia. I was a competitive wrestler in high school. Um, I lifted weights, heavy weights for like 10 years from the ages of 15 to 20, 24. Um, and then I've been dealing with these, these back injuries. Um, and that has really helped me reevaluate and they, they happened for me. I'm so grateful for them because they helped me rip away those identities. Um, last year, the beginning of 2020, I experienced the worst pain of my life, um, chronic back pain, and then I fell snowboarding and it was really, really, really painful. And it made me really slow down after years of my body saying, please slow down, and I didn't listen. So um, through that injury, I really had to slow down and it's taken me time to get to where I am now because I was holding on to that identity so much, still trying to lift weights, still trying to do this. But I finally realized like, I, especially with COVID not being able to be in an actual gym, I've realized like, I'm going to just try to do what my soul wants me to do in every moment. And it, as I did that, I 
barely lifted weights. Like I have dumbbells, I don't use them. And even when the gym's open, like I have no desire to go back to a gym. So I walk a lot now. I walk on the beach. I walk near my neighborhood. Um, I do walking meditations, which are really powerful. I do yoga when I feel like it. I, I can get competitive, not competitive, but like I tell myself I should do things a lot. Um, and that I think goes back to my body dysmorphia, eating disorder, like type of way of being like, I should be burning calories. I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I've been crossing this threshold of just allowing myself to be in my body to change and like loving myself no matter what. And it's the most expansive feeling ever because I didn't feel like that since maybe I was 12. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I do yoga, I walk, I do some mobility. Sometimes I dance, um, and I just do what feels good for me. And I don't do what I used to think I should do. And I'm starting to realize, like, did I even ever like lifting weights? Like, I think I liked the product, what I got out of it, whether that be the, the praise I got for PRs or my body, but actual action like I have no desire to be in a gym or lifting physical weights anymore which is wild because for so long I truly believed that I loved it so it's just been a very interesting and beautiful and expansive ego death that I've been going through and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now Mm -hmm. um so that's physical yeah and emotional as i said i just allow to the best of my ability sometimes i don't realize that i'm resisting but to the best of my ability i um sit in my emotion i i have the the um if i'm able to i will drop into a meditation and just sit with no distractions and go into the emotion, meaning I locate it in my physical body. I drop out of my mind. I do my best to drop out of the stories that are in my mind about what's happening, whether it be like remembering the past or like, oh, this is bad to feel or whatever. And I locate it in my body, whether it be my chest, my third eye, my um, solar plexus, my stomach. And I just be with that. And I actually kind of lean into it and let it like grow which is a little bit counterintuitive for some people but allowing myself to feel this discomfort is what frees me because the suppressing the ignoring the distracting is what gets it stuck if you think about a child when when we were babies like when we were sad we cried right away and then we were, when we were done crying, we moved on with our lives. When we were mad, we screamed, then moved on, whatever. Um, we don't do that anymore. And these emotions are just energy that wants to move through your body, energy and motion. Um, yet we don't, we don't feel safe because we were told, don't cry, don't get mad, blah, 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 blah. So allowing that to be fully felt in my body and allowing whatever um, release is coming, whether that be yelling, whether that be punching pillows or crying or um, whatever, that is how I'm releasing. 
um, and understanding myself a lot more because most of these activations, most of these negative emotions are a result of a past experience that I didn't feel fully feel. So as I sit with it and ask it, okay, well, what's going on here? Why, why am I feeling this? I'll understand something that I didn't fully process in the past, which helps me understand my current being more. Mm-hmm. So that's really expansive as well as uncomfortable as it can be. Um, we're never given anything we can't handle. You know, we, we're not going to die from these emotions as much as maybe sometimes it can feel like you'll die from a heartbreak or, or losing a loved one, like we're not going to die. So these emotions are here to show you your capacity for pain because we are so much stronger than our minds believe. So if you have the courage to like cross that threshold and go into the pain, you'll see how strong you are and you'll feel so much lighter afterwards because you're not ignoring a part of you anymore. Mm -hmm. Lastly, spiritually, I um, am continuously nurturing my inner child. I have pictures on my um, wall and on my altar of my little taiha and um, constantly journaling and getting in touch with my truth and discovering okay what ways of being am i still participating in that is an unhealed part of my old self what behaviors am i doing um, to fill a lack of love or worth within me um and nurturing my inner child reparenting her is allowing me to really fill myself up so much so where I know that no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to be okay. No matter who I lose, no matter what I lose, I will always be okay because I have myself. And that is not how I used to feel. And it feels really, really good um, to be cultivating this relationship with myself. And at the same time, I'm really strengthening my relationship with God and spirit and source and um, tapping into this part of me that I didn't have before, not didn't have, but like suppressed before. I used to have a really big racket against um, religion because of certain things that happened when I was younger, but I'm learning that, you know, I don't need to follow capital R religion. I can follow my own religion and create my own relationship and my own spiritual practices to connect to God. Um, And it doesn't have to be the God that was in the Bible or anywhere else. Um, So I pray, I meditate and connect to, you know, the beings that I feel around me. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing how you keep yourself aligned in all those four areas of life, of being um, the mind, the body, the spirit, and the emotions. Let's get into God. Who, what is that from your understanding? God, spirit, source. What is that? Who is that? Um, first of all, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm just, I'm... <laughs> opening myself up to things and feeling what feels right for me who knows what I'm going to feel 
in a year, you know? Um, we, I don't think any of us really know what's going on here, but what I feel is true for me right now is that I believe that we all came from the same place. As we talked about earlier, the big bang happened, you know, there's this energy. Um, there was an energy that existed as one and to better understand itself, to be able to even see itself, it had to split into, you know, two. Um, and I think duality was created in that way. And then whatever happened to evolve things from that moment in time to now, billions and jillion, however many years that took, um, I believe we are all the universe experiencing itself as form to fully understand itself to the best of its ability. Um, so, you know, God, the universe source, um, it really is all the same thing. And I believe we are all it as well. We, we are expanded. We, we, we kind of are far, not far away, but like, um, we've we have these lenses we are one piece um experiencing our own lives experiencing the world and everything around us and each other um so that the universe can have each lens possible to understand itself and i think the issue is that we believe our way is the only way when in reality it's like you are me and me understanding your view is helping me understand myself better. So I think that's what we're trying to do is just release that um, that righteousness and like, uh, what is this called? Blinders um, to better understand each other therefore and ourselves so that we can understand everything that's going on around us. Um, so I believe that God the universe, all of it is just love. And that is who we are at the core. And all that's not love has just been, you know, things that have, you know, our ways of being that are not love are just those layers that we're trying to remove because we created them in order to survive. But at the core, we are love. Um, and that's why, you know, I'd like to help people remember that part of themselves, their truth, who they are is love. Absolutely. And you are doing that daily, regularly with the clients and all the people you interact with, um, which brings me to an interesting question. So how are you sharing this information, this knowledge with some of those that you love most? And that's like your brothers, um, your sister, who are still children and their inner childs um, may not have been damaged yet. And so how do you teach them this and protect them to learn um, from the, the things, the hardships that you've encountered, or is it allowing them to experiencing that and being there to support that? How do you share these knowledges with your, with your siblings? That's a really good question. And the truth is that I'm, it's, it's a con not constant but it's a practice for me to like surrender to 
what's happening because I don't live near my siblings and um, they're all different ages. The oldest is 21, the youngest is eight. And they live with my parents still. Um, and the younger ones, my two little brothers live with my dad and I don't get to, I don't talk to them very much. So sometimes I do have to remind myself that, you know, I don't need to fix anything because nothing's wrong. Nothing's broken because I wasn't broken when I went through all of that stuff. I had to go through all of that stuff to learn and get to where I am now. So I think a big thing that I've been learning is like, when I first started on this journey, I was constantly trying to teach people stuff. And that gives off the energy of like me feeling like I need to fix them, which makes them think they're broken. And when that happens, they can get defensive and not want to do it. And so I learned that the only way for me to really help people is to lead by example and then offer things if I feel they're open to it or have them ask me for help. So I think that's kind of where I'm at with my brothers because they are eight and 10 and, um, you know, they're still most of the time with my dad, barely um, getting to chat more than like a couple minutes on FaceTime every couple weeks. Um, and that's okay. There's, I get to be this person for them when they're ready. Um, mm -hmm. And same kind of goes with my sister. She's 14. So she's figuring things out a little bit more. She can understand things a little bit more. Um, but she's also her own 14 year old girl who's like, you know, her friends aren't worried about this stuff. So it's not like something she's super interested in right now. And I'm also like having to release that because if I could have learned this stuff when I was 14, that would have been pretty cool. But it's also her life, her choice. So just allowing, allowing myself to know like nothing's wrong. They don't need to be fixed. And I get to be this person if they choose that for themselves. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about body image. So your sister, she's 14 years old and she lives in Hawaii, like where you used to live. And there's a lot like you often in your bikini walking around and there's a lot of um, pressures on young women in, in particular to like look good. And that's been something you face with your eating, your eating disorders. So how do you help your sister with that and also your clients and just women and, and men in general? with that element that hit really close to your heart? Mm -hmm. um, with my sister, it's again, like, a, I gently talk about it because, you know, I have no idea what's going on in her head and I never will really. Um, she, she doesn't share it that much with me. Um, she's been way more like of a quiet person than I was and that's fine. Um, but I do do my best to just encourage her to and remember like what actually matters. And um, again, it's like, I can't control what happens. I can't control the meaning she makes up in her mind about all of this stuff, but I get to be that example if and when she chooses to look to me. Um, 
with my clients and what I learned for myself is that all of that stuff was the result, was the symptom of unmet needs within me. It just like abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, abusing um, relationships. It wasn't actually the problem. They were they were solving these unmet needs within me. So really what I work on with people is um, discovering what those were um, and how these ways of being have actually helped them through their lives. Because again, that compassion is so important in order to have a powerful transformation. Um, and then learning how to give yourself those things internally without the things in the external world. Because again, our bodies are so fleeting, like they change all the time as you get older, as you have a baby, as whatever. And attaching your worth to that is really um, difficult because mm -hmm. it is so hard to keep, you know, you can't have the same body forever. So learning how to give yourself what you needed, reparent your inner child, nurture your inner child, hold them, love them, allow them to feel their pain that they didn't felt when they didn't get their needs met. Um, that's, that's pretty much what I do. Mm -hmm. Another contributing factor to your eating disorders was your wrestling. Um, in wrestling, you have to cut weight a lot and like that contributed to that. But there's a lot of benefits you've gained as a wrestler and you were an elite wrestler. You were the state champion in Hawaii and you were a national runner up. Those are huge accomplishments um, that are not meant to be taken lightly. Like those are badass. So congratulations again. Like I know how hard wrestling is. Um, so what, what did you learn from being an elite wrestler that has helped you on your journey? Yeah, I use things still all the time. I think the biggest thing that it taught me was my, how much more powerful I am than I think I am and how our mental barriers can really keep us small um, and learning how to push through when my mind wanted to quit um, showed me how strong I was physically, how strong I was mentally compared to what I originally thought. And I, I think the reason that I went through all of that was to be at the place where I am now with my awakening, because going through that has showed me that I have this capacity to feel pain, physical, emotional, and mental. So it allows me to sit in meditation and go into these uncomfortable emotions and feel them fully and allow them and know that I can handle it and I, I'm going to be stronger on the other side of it. It's also taught me how to do what needs to be done to get to where I want to be. I, you know, I didn't drink alcohol. I went to practice every, uh, six days a week. I stayed after practice for 30 to 30 minutes to an extra hour after two and a half hour practice. Obviously I don't fully agree with that way of being now. Um, because I'm allowing myself to just like be and not push myself so hard. But doing that stuff showed me that like, okay, wow, I'm in this, I'm in this stage of this relationship. And I know that if I want to, if I want to get what I want, I have to 
have this uncomfortable conversation. And I'm able to just do what's uncomfortable like right away. I'm able to face the immediate pain for the delayed gratification, which is not what most people do. They want the immediate gratification, which delays the pain. So I'm very grateful for that because it's allowed me to really elevate so many areas of my life um, and not be afraid of uncomfortable conversations or uncomfortable experiences anymore because I know that all of that is setting me up for the next level of my life. Mm -hmm. And so these are some of the lessons you've learned from various coaches and mentors through your wrestling career and beyond. So let's take a moment to acknowledge who are some specific helpers and mentors that really taught you something on your path and what were your key takeaways from them? I know you have many, so just pick a handful that you'd like to acknowledge. I would say Michael Singer taught me a lot in his books, um, Untethered Soul and Surrender Experiment. Um, I read those kind of earlier on in my journey a couple years ago. And they just really hit home. And every time I reread the books, I'm like, it's like a great slap in the face. Um, and yeah, I just think he he really knows how to present information in a way that is really digestible and feels true for me. Um, learning how to surrender and know that anytime something doesn't go the way you want it to, that's exactly for your benefit. Um, and, you know, I went through some really difficult experiences throughout the past couple years. One being within the span of one month, my house was completely flooded and people were working in the the hole downstairs for a whole month, no kitchen, no, like all of it was just chaos for a whole month. And then my boyfriend broke up with me after I sent him to a personal development program he came back, broke up with me five days before my birthday. And then two weeks later, I got fired from my dream job. So those books really helped me um, practice because it wasn't like I could feel this way the whole time, but practice like this is for my highest good. Like this is for my highest good as painful as it is and as hard as it is to see it now. I know that this is setting me up for like up leveling myself. So surrender. It's been awesome. Um, Ram Das, I love him and his again simple ways of explaining and just the energy behind the way that he talks and how um humorous he is and how he really shares his own experiences and shares his humanness and shares humbly in a way that, you know, again, like none of us really know what's going on here. So um, he's he's been a big mentor in just showing me the kind of teacher that I wanna be. And then of course, Samantha Skelly, she is just awesome. She's got great energy and, um, humor and just weirdness and loves to be herself and is super super tapped in in my opinion she um she knows how to be herself and she knows how to 
hold a container and and you can feel her her authenticity behind everything that she says and and her love and um yeah she's just a really wise person so those are three of the very many um i've had in my life mm -hmm. so in your life um one thing that we all encounter is fear how has your relationship with fear evolved since we last connected um i think i've just become more aware of it and understand that it's a necessary part of life it's not bad i think um i was reading a book called conversations with god the uh, uh for the past couple of weeks and he talks about the concept of you know people say you know you gotta get rid of fear and just step into love and without fear, we wouldn't have love. It's that duality that I was talking about. And the way that he explains it is there's a circle and the way we view love, we view it as half the circle. And then, sorry, excuse me, let me start over. Let's say that there's a line and on each side there's love and fear, right? The way we view love and the way we view fear, they're like different, right? It's one or the other. When in reality, there's a circle, half of the circle is love and half of the circle is fear. And that half of the circle is the way we view love. But in reality, because God, source, love, capital L love, all that is, is the inclusion of everything, the entire circle is actually love, not just half. So the inclusion of fear is what I'm learning to practice. And um, again, that understanding that, that compassion, because we're functioning with bodies that have barely evolved through the amount of time that we've been here, where our technology and our, the way that we live has evolved so much, where our minds and our DNA are still focused on survival back from when we were cavemen, yet now we don't have to worry about that. So that energy goes somewhere. It's just about being aware of it because we are conscious beings. We can be aware of that happening and then choose to shift into a more loving and less fearful state. There's nothing wrong with fear. Um, and I think that's a big shift that I've been experiencing. Mm -hmm. well, how would you advise a hero on that path that is paralyzed by fear that they're stuck at that crossroads of should and must and they're they can't move um you've encountered this many times um leaving your engineering professional engineering job for one um listening to your heart and you decided to pursue your truth pursue your must what advice would you give to a hero stuck on that path at the crossroads of should and must and should is hell holding them stuck in the mud mm -hmm. um I would say, ask yourself, what would you do if you had no fear? And then do that because the fear is there for a reason. The fear is there to help you survive. And a lot of that is a result of other people's beliefs that you've taken on throughout your life. Mm -hmm. But understanding that there's a reason that you're feeling this way, again, that compassion for it is important. 
And when you understand that, and then you can ask yourself, okay, if that wasn't there, if that fear wasn't there, what would I actually want to do? What would you do? And then do that because you're the only one that has to experience your experience that gets to experience your experience. So following your heart compared to listening to what you should do because of other people's beliefs is only going to hurt you. And that's your choice. It is scary because it goes against a lot of survival mechanisms, but we're not here to survive. We're here to thrive. And your heart is telling you something for a reason. So start listening to it. Mm-hmm. So love has come up a lot in this conversation. And that is a goal you have with your clients is to help them fall in love with themselves and their lives. But what is that? What is love? What does love mean to you? I think love, love means, allowing, allowing and accepting every, everything and feeling the, feeling the interconnectedness and intertwinedness of everything that is because we are all one, feeling the oneness and and the truth behind all of it. I think love is truth and truth is love. And I think truth is another word that we can be like, okay, what is truth? Um, I believe there's one highest truth, which we don't even know like what that is because as humans, we all have, again, our blinders, our perceptions. Um, So I think all that we can do is do our best to you know, continue taking off the layers and accepting that we're likely never going to get to the truth, but choosing to release what we are, like all of the lenses that we're wearing through the past experiences that we've had to get to truth um, is love, if that makes sense. Like doing your best, I was going to say doing your part, but sometimes people are here to not do that. That's not part of their journey this time around. So um, choosing if it feels right for you to see truth as clear as possible is love. Mm -hmm. Do that. You are accepting and allowing all parts rather than only your, your view and your blinders. Mm -hmm. So Life is about highs and lows. It's inevitable. There's a flux. Um, And we've talked in many of the challenges you've had to overcome on your path so far. But through it all, what would you say has been the biggest challenge you've encountered on your journey? And what did you learn from overcoming that challenge? Um, I would say the two biggest... There's a couple. So... The eating disorders was really challenging and it's a continuous thing. Um, But the worst was when I was a freshman in college and that was 2013, 2014. 
Um, but again, like even that journey has been so up and down. That and then my, I've been meaning to like really practice saying something else than my back pain. So not my back pain, it's the pain I'm experiencing in my back. Um, that has been really challenging as well, but again, a huge catalyst for my growth and understanding of myself and um, just realizing like these are happening for me to release things that weren't working. Any painful experience that you go through is your body telling you that something is out of alignment in your life. And that's what these were doing for me. And I'm very grateful for them. And then also a couple of breakups that I experienced, um, which were like a shorter amount of like reco recovery time, um, but like more intense in the moment, physically feeling like heartbreak. Um, but those have been really huge catalysts for me to see more clearly and see what I want in a relationship and see how they were reflections of me and mostly just to learn more about myself and what was working or not working within myself. And um, yeah, I think those, those are like the four things. Mm -hmm. And they're all happening for you, that's for sure. Um, which brings us to this question. Through it all, through all the journey thus far, what has been your greatest life lesson you've learned on the path that you're feeling called to share with everyone listening right now? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say that the biggest life lesson that I've been learning and implementing within myself is that I am perfect just as I am in every single moment. And all I have to do is sit and be, and I don't have to do anything. I don't have to produce anything. I don't have to be anything. I just have to be. And the more I'm allowing myself to do that, the more I get to produce and I get to do because I'm doing it from a place of wholeness and love for myself and worthiness from myself, um, which allows me to show up in everything that I do with way more love and we are all innately worthy and loved just for existing to think about the amount of things that had to happen for you to exist here right now on this planet. It is a miracle. So trust that you're here for a reason and that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. We go through this stuff for us to learn and there's nothing wrong with anything that you're going through but keep reminding yourself that you are whole and complete just as you are just for being and um, you will, you'll find a lot more peace in your life. Mm -hmm. So beautiful, beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that, Taiha. And this brings us to our final two questions, the final two questions that you and I have put together um, to end all our interviews. And this first one was uh, created by you. So in three words, how would you describe the experience you are having on this earth? Now I get to answer this one and it's hard. 
Full. Expansive. And fun. Full, expansive, and fun. I love that. All right. And now for my final question. And I'm going to use some magic. I believe we are all magicians. There's a magician within us all. And I'm going to transport us into the future. I'm going to transport us into the future alongside an 85-year-old Taiha Sloan. Who is that 85-year-old Taiha? What does your life look like at 85? Who are you surrounded by? Where are you? And what is the legacy that you've left behind? I literally just pictured an 85-year-old Taiha, and that was, like, weird. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I literally have no idea. Like, it's almost... Like I can say what I think and I know it's not going to be that because I could not imagine being where I am right now two years ago. I know that I can't even conceptualize of all that I'm going to accomplish in this life. So to even try to imagine that is like (laughs) impossible for me at least. But I know I'm going to be surrounded by people I love. I know that I'm going to be in nature a lot. I know that I'm still going to be helping people in some way. Um, and I know that I'm going to be having a lot of fun still. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to stay in, in the future just for a moment. And I really want you to feel into that being, that beingness of that 85-year-old Taiha. I really want you to close your eyes and feel who that woman who that spirit, who that light, who that love is. And then I'm going to transport us back to the now, the present moment, the infinite here and now. And that 85-year-old Taiha sends you a message. What does she whisper in your ear? I knew this question was coming and it was so cool to like reflect on just like, I know she would just say, I'm so proud of you. And, you know, sometimes you could, I would think that like that version of me would give me advice to like, hold on or like keep pushing through or like, you know, give me advice for something that I am struggling with, you know, maybe like be, le- be nicer to yourself, whatever. But I'm at this place in my life where I have I never knew I would get here, let alone at this age, especially considering everything that I've experienced and like the amount that I love myself now and the things that I'm accomplishing and the, the way that I'm able to, you know, release thinking I need to be doing more, producing more somewhere else at this point in my life or whatever. It's like, I don't feel that anymore. And that's a really, really awesome feeling. And so I really just think that she would say, like, keep going, rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Keep on going. So that brings an end to this interview. And I'm so grateful, Taiha, to know you. Um, our energies aligned at a crazy point in this world where COVID and quarantine was 
was just out of control. And um, I'm forever grateful for our friendship and you have a lifelong friend and an ally in me. And so it's so nice to have caught up with you on this conversation and yeah. to, to many more moving forward. Yeah, totally. I, I'm very grateful um, for all that we have learned together and that you're still doing this and helping people and all of the awesome things that you are doing now, all of the awesome things I'm doing now. Um, we got the rest of our lives, man. It's so awesome. Like we're here right now and like we get to be so excited about all of the rest and it blows my mind. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those listening that are wanting to connect with you more or be coached by you, how can they, how can people find you, Taiha? Um, I'm on Instagram, Taiha Sloan. That's T-H-A-I-H-A-S-L-O-A-N. I'm also on Facebook. And then my website, um, I am, I have started a business. So that's really exciting called Embodied Alignment. So it's embodied-alignment.com and I just realized something that was a funny little catch um, from the earlier question about what my 85 year old would say and at first I thought she would say keep going and I'm realizing that it's more of a keep being and I think that's another little catch of like that old way of thinking and doing things that I used to do um, and now it's really just being like all of us, if we just work on being the truth of who we are, being our authentic selves, like that is what we're here to do. Through being, you create all of the goodness around you. You give your gifts because you're being your true self. So focus on being rather than doing things. And I promise your life will completely transform and become totally magical. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful closing note. So let's bring it in to the winner's circle. Thank you, Taha. I love you. I appreciate you. Love you. That is a wrap.